welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Good morning and welcome. My name is Joe and I'm a recovering sexaholic. Hey, this is my co-leader here, Dennis, and the topic we're sharing today is Tradition 4, Minding Your Own Business. So please turn off any cell phones or electronic devices you have during this session. I also want to mention that this is going to be a recorded meeting, so uh, let's begin. Uh, uh, let's cover this message in the recorded meeting. The recorder will not be turned off during this session. If you don't want to be recorded but need to share, we encourage you to attend another non-recorded meeting. Please do not touch the recording equipment. If you want to share, come up to the front and sit next to us in the microphone when we're done sharing. And please leave the microphone on the table and don't touch it because it'll make the recording kind of fuzzy. Thank you. So what I want to do right now, I want to begin with a moment of silence and, um, and pray the serenity prayer for those still suffering out there. Prayer. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the moments we change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I will be done, not mine. Again, our topic is Tradition 4, Minding Our Own Business. We'll both share, myself, Joe, and Dennis will share for about five or six minutes each about how this topic applies in our lives. And then we'll open up the meeting for all of you to share. We each have about two minutes to share. And um, if you go over, we'll kind of call time on it. So let me start. Let me read what Tradition 4 is. According to the um, uh, 12 and 12 I have here, Tradition 4 uh, each group should become autonomous except in matters affecting others in groups or SA or AA as a whole. So basically, it's a 10-letter word, autonomy, right? Um, acting independently, having the freedom to do so. So when we come into group settings, when we come into meetings, um, um, there's a lot of different things that, for me personally, that sometimes I'm like, I see as like, wow, I need to say something about that, but when do I say it? Well, it's doing during a group conscious that we have once a month. In order, in order for there, I can express my opinion. You know, I'm thinking a person like, for me personally, like, well, you know, I've been through this road many times. I know a lot about this subject matter. I don't think they're doing it right or something like that. I'm gonna, I want to voice my opinion. It's going to be about me, not about you. But this is a group setting, and it's for everybody to work together in one common goal. And the common goal here is to, to achieve sobriety through a means that when people come in into the group, they're feeling um, welcome, they're feeling that, you know, recovery process can continue, and they can uh, surrender in the group with the, the higher power that they have and stuff. Um, one of the deviations, according to the book, is that, you know, these very deviations were created in vast process of trial and error, which, under the grace of God, has brought us to where we stand today. So, in a common goal of minding my own business, I can say things that 
may back talk, it may, may, may go to another member, but that's not what the group is about. It's about coming together. It's about bringing the decision. It's about working it through together, working independently from one another, as long as there's an agreement to work together and stuff. Um, we can conform and test out the principles that we're doing in order to survive. SA needs to survive. In order to survive, we have to have a common goal and work together. If that doesn't happen, there's no survival. It's like in any other type of relationship or anything else that goes on. If there's not a common agreement, a give-and-take kind of agreement, an agreement of coming together, then there's no survival method. It's sort of like communication. If I'm telling you one thing but you're hearing another, it's not going to work for you. So when people come together in groups and stuff and and we're trying to um, think we know better, that's where you come up to the group conscious and kind of make that decision of like, well, I disagree or I agree or I think we should change this and the voting process takes place and so forth and so on. So it takes two or three, according to AA book or in our day, essay definition, two or three to come together and to make this uh, happen in the meeting and to adapt it into a group setting or an environment. And we don't have any other affiliation with any other groups. Essay and solely entirely is by itself and stuff like that. So what decisions we make within your group setting is the group decision that everyone's going to follow. So to attend a group conscious meeting is really important because it's you having a say as being part of the membership and stuff. So if you don't attend something like that, then... Um, um, you might miss something out that you want to voice your opinion for. For me, just to give you a little personal background with um, um, thinking that, you know, okay, I may have X amount of dollars or I may have a supreme job or I may have something better than the other person. Well, that might make me think like, well, you know, I could be more superior than the next guy or lady over there and stuff. But that doesn't cut it in essay. That doesn't cut it at all. We're all equals. We're on the same length there. We're all on a common goal there to get recovered and, be, and to become sober and stuff like that. So this is where tradition four falls in by minding my own business. I don't know better than the next guy, the next guy or next woman may know better than myself and stuff like that. So that's where I see it all coming together and sharing it together. With that, I'll pass on to uh, Dennis here. Thanks, Dennis. Well, they told me not to move the mic, so I'll move myself. I'm Dennis. I'm a grateful, recovering sexaholic. Hi, Dennis. I am powerless over lust. My life is unmanageable. My sobriety date is January 5th of 08, so just past ten and a half years. Um, I want to take a little different turn on this today of minding my own business, because I always looked at the traditions are, well, that's how you run the groups and such, and how your inner group runs and all that kind of thing. And I went through the traditions, because I had been through the steps several times. My sponsor says, it's time to go through the traditions. i got to go through the traditions? Why? It's part of the program. Okay. So listening to my sponsor, I did that. And in that, I learned that minding my own business not only has to do with the groups, but it has to do with my family and myself. Because I want to jump in everybody else's chaos because I've got a better way of doing it or or they're just wrong on it and I have to let them know. 
<laughs> yeah, aren't we all there? But uh, that's not the way to do it. And I found out that getting in everybody else's chaos was stirring me up. Then I get stirred up, and there's something wrong inside. And what happens? I want to act out. I'm like, I can't do this. So I've learned in that to be a lot more peaceful in my life, to be of, um, I'll call it a saner mind, I guess. I am insane. <laughs> Aren't we all? But uh, with that, I find that I can stay on a better keel on that and not less so much if I am staying out of somebody else's business. My son... Um, he, he knew how to push my buttons on things, okay? And I would react, and we'd get in the almost fist fights. Um, in my own life, I had to be separated from my wife and son for over a year because of that. I was dangerous, but I was sober. But that rage is another defect, and for me it was another co-addiction. But... To get past that, I had to learn of what is triggering me, why is it triggering me, and I've learned, and he goes, well, Dad, aren't you going to argue with me? I go, no, and I turn around and walk away. It's much better for him, it's much better for me, and now he can even say, Dad, what's going on? You're just, just something just not right today. And it's not about him, but it's about what's going on in me. But if I'm minding my own business, I can stay a lot more stable, a lot more centered, and I'm not going to be as tempted, or as I am, I'm able to stop that quicker. And then I can go on and say, thank you, God, keeping me sober. And he keeps me sober today. So that's what I've got to share. Um, okay, you now have the opportunity to share with the group. Please focus on the topic of the meeting, minding my own business. Like sharing in any essay meeting, please limit your sharing to the topic, avoiding explicit description or distracting comments, focusing on the solution rather than the problem. Please do not share anything that legally would have to be reported to the authorities. Uh, remember, this is recorded, so it goes far beyond this room. Um, please line up to our left, and uh, that way uh, we won't have to wait so long. And we'll give you um, uh, two and a half minutes, something like that. And uh, if you're getting close to time, we're going to call you. We might just say thank you and ask you to move on. Don't be offended, but that's so that everyone has that opportunity. So we're open for sharing now. I'm Fitz of St. Louis. Okay. One year of sobriety, the 4th of July last year. Uh, very much appreciate the invitation to all of us to open the traditions to personalize, personalization. Because when I saw the name, that it was the topic that attracted me, but I wasn't thinking business. I wasn't thinking group. I was thinking, I'm a busybody. My profession was to invade people's lives and help them fix it. Now, I'm past that. 
profession. Now my problem and my challenge is to be autonomous and realize that I have boundaries that other people have no right to cross. But my instinct in maintaining that autonomy is to drive them away with a baseball bat. So my being gentle with myself and the fear that's in me when other people say, well, why aren't you doing this or that? You're in an odd position, aren't you? Well, if a friend asks that, it's one thing. If someone who is just a casual acquaintance passing through the room asks that, I have to be prepared and get help to be prepared to maintain my own boundaries and my own peace without blasting them to pieces. Thank you. Dwayne, another sexaholic from uh, Southern California. As I think about the tradition, uh, I see application to uh, my family relationships and uh, in in the in the in the group meeting uh, context as well. Um, my wife and I, uh, well, part of my recovery has been my wife and I uh, disengaging from a codependent relationship. And uh, that was all about uh, getting into each other's business. And um, so disengaging from that um, has, has been painful. Um, but the fruit of it over time, and it's still a process, is uh, releasing uh, one another to pursue what, we each feel we're being called to do. And, um, and at the same time, we can come together in a, in a healthy way. So um, minding my, bus- my own business is focusing on my side of the street and uh, allowing my wife and, and others in those relationships to work their side. Um, in the group, in the meeting context, uh, I have three meetings I, I attend weekly, and I each one ha- is unique. And I've grown to be very comfortable with the format and the dynamic of each group. Um, but I, in my, as uh, I don't travel a lot, but when I do travel out of my home area, I uh, have been taught to. Uh, get in contact with the uh, SA people in that, in that area and attend their meetings as, as possible. And um, so uh, I've attended meetings in other states, um, and each I go through a process each time. Two weeks ago I was in a meeting in out of the area. Done? Okay, thanks. Thank you. I'm Francis, recovering sexaholic. Glad to be here today and sharing this topic because it's one that's um, really important to me, which I don't work enough on. 
the first experience I sort of had of this idea was that closing statement all the time at meetings. What you've heard here is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. I'm thinking, I have a real difficult time allowing people to have their opinions if they don't match with mine. You'll see. But each meeting heard that statement, say, okay, just that's their opinion. And because that's different from yours, that doesn't make them right and you wrong. Um, that's a big training I have from my growing up. There's right and wrong, and you don't want to be wrong. So, so I worked on that one. Then another time I was struggling with the issues of you know, what people thought of me in my profession, what I do in my work. I was talking to my friend from California or from Oklahoma in the program. And he said, Francis, what other people think of you is none of your business. I said, oh, my God. What do you mean it's none of my business? <laughs> what, if I, what if I feel hurt? What if I do? No, no. It's none of your business, okay? Okay, so we work on that one. And uh, I'm getting better at it, uh, that one for sure. But one that I also struggle with daily, and I've... I get the daily newspaper. I don't, I don't listen to TV news. I don't listen to the radio news. I don't read very little of it online. But I thought I got to somehow keep up with a bit of the news so I get the paper. Well, some of the politics that's going on, some of the racial issues, and certainly many issues of sexual allegations of past events, like they're right there. You just turn the page faster. Okay, read the headline, turn the page. You don't have to read the article. It's, you know what's going to do to you. Just get, get to the cartoons and the puzzles. That's what you want to do anyway, okay? No controversy there. So, because if I don't, if I get stuck in one of them, my serenity is just goes. I get letters to the editor being written in my head. Fortunately, I don't send them. But uh, that's one I got to keep working on. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Jay, a sexaholic. Hey, Jay. Um, my character defects are uh, ego, self-centeredness, control, and resentment, and all of those involve other people. I also was thinking about um, this, the phrase, uh, what you have heard here is strictly the opinion of the participant, and that's a get-out-of-jail-free card for me because I attended a meeting prior to this convention where the leader demonstrated the ability to let people talk without responding to what they were saying, just allowing them to talk. And um, so that stills the corrective voice in me because I do have a tendency to try to govern. Um, My wife and I hold each other to this principle when it comes to our children. We have adult children, older children, and we say to each other all the time, no opinion. They have the right to run their own lives. They have the right to make their own decisions. If they haven't want us to uh, say something about something, they'll ask us, and they rarely do. So um, this minding my own business also relates to lust. Um, I love the phrase, we have to stop looking around, because my tendency is to look around to find the most desirable lust object to start focusing on, wondering about, etc., it's none of my business. That person is none of my business. I need to be where I need to be for the purpose I need to be there in recovery. Full stop. And so minding my own business means not looking around as well. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Jay. Thank you. Uh, Farley, Grateful Recovering Sexaholic. Um, 
Yeah, this is definitely a wake-up call for me in a couple areas. Um, I couldn't help thinking about this fellow we have in our program who's been in the program since about 2001, 2002. And I think the most sobriety he's ever had has maybe been three weeks. Um, we had Roy K. come up and uh, to one of our three-day retreats up there, and and he spoke to this fellow, and he said, there's only two things you need to do to get sober, because he, he wasn't sober, and this was, I think, 2003. And, and he said, you have to get off the, your meds, and you have to give up your religiosity for 30 days, and I think you can get sober. And he went down to the lake and acted out. And he still isn't sober today. And I want to save this guy. I can't. You know, he, he has, I, I, I don't know his purpose. You know, why, why won't he listen to me? Because I can make him sober, right? Totally the wrong attitude. You know, he's obviously in my life and in everybody else's life as an example for some reason. Um, but, you know, it's just really a hard thing. You know, why won't he ask me to be his sponsor? You know, <laughs> I can save him. Um, but as kind of a final thing here, uh, when I first got into the program, I wanted to just make sure that I could, uh, you know, because I, I, I needed this program so bad that I was the Johnny Appleseed. I went out and I put pamphlets everywhere and I went to the women's prison and carried books around and I did all this stuff and, you know, didn't really make a big difference. But the thing that Francis said, I just wanted to go a little further with it because this is what this guy said to me. He said, it's none of your business what other people think of you. But not only that, it's none of your business what other people think. What? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm uh, Brian. I'm a sexaholic. Hey, Brian. Um, in our meetings uh, in Toronto, we often check in when at the beginning by mentioning a character defect and. That's uh, over time. That's helped me to realize that probably my central, maybe it's my only character defect, because it embraces many of the others, is self-centeredness. I am so self-centered, and um, and that's uh, that twists things all around. So even when I, uh, in my life, when I've been doing things for others helping others out, teaching, uh, whatever it's been that I'm doing for others, I've, been, I've done it in a self-centered kind of way. And, uh, of course, if, um, if anything happens to cross me, to cross what I'm doing, to... Um, you know, to blunt my effect, whatever, uh, well, then that's, that's frustrating. 
that generates impatience in me. I resentment, and uh, and I I get all bent out of shape about it. But I'm learning that uh, th- those things that cross me, the people that cross my path, the uh, and and their ideas which cut across what I want to do, maybe, or think, uh, that can also be the will of God for me today. Um, so I have to uh, learn to put aside my negative reaction, and uh, I'm working on it, getting better at it, and, and to see what what's there for me to hold on to, to grab on to, to take a different approach to uh, to reach out to people in a different sort of way. So I don't know. that I, I don't know what it does for others, but it, it makes me more peaceful, at least. Anyway, thanks. Thank you. Uh, Andy, recovering sexaholic. I think the phrase that always hits me when we talk about the description of a sexaholic is the need or wanting to be wanted. And just growing up, I never really had a sense of belonging. Um, my dad was a sex addict that never had any recovery or even admitted it. Uh, so there's just, our family, there's a lot of talk about the importance of family and blood being thicker than water, but the reality wasn't there. And so there's always this huge disconnect. And so there's always been that desire to be connected and wanting to be wanted. And just the way I'm strong, that played out in I'm naturally helpful. And I learned that I could manipulate people and serve and get people to want me or like me or try to. And I spend a whole lot of time trying to manipulate other people so that I think they think they like me. And so it's constantly trying to figure out what they think about me. And so I remember the first time we talked about this in my group, it was just such a relief um, to just recognize that that's a red flag when I feel that way and that my true identity can only come from my higher power and just realizing that I wasn't looking to him. I was looking to what I thought other people thought about me, not even really what they thought about me, but what I thought they thought about me. <laughs> so it's been a big help um, just to recognize it and be able to uh, put on the brakes and kind of reorient when that pops up. Um, and I've seen a lot more freedom in my relationships and a lot of the craziness kind of diminish because of that. So glad to be here. Anyone else care to come up and share? It's your opportunity. If not, I'd like to invite the two guys we cut off. I'll give you one more minute, okay? (laughs) But, yeah, come up. First of all, those that have not shared, and then you guys, okay? Hi, my name is Nancy. I'm a sexaholic. Um, 
Spray date December fifteenth of four. Um, I always share in my meetings. Uh, we share bottom lines. The dependency relationships is one that I really struggle with, and um, I've always said that um, it's not so much that I want to control people's lives that I have such a compulsion, such a temptation to want to be in the presence of certain people, uh, certain family members that I just really enjoy being with. And I say, even if I was just flying the wall, you know, I would be happy. The problem is, and I'm just realizing, like just now realizing, is I get in there and I think I'm a fly on the wall, and then I, or that's where I want to be, and then I just start talking and talking and talking. And um, I think that's where I get into other folks' business or wanting people to um, change over to my way of thinking, my business. I heard something at the very first breakout that really struck me. It was uh, the acronym WAIT. Why am I talking? Um, and I'm really thinking about this HALT. I, I use HALT so often. You know, I'm in a Okay, what is it? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. But if I can be more aware of that weight when I catch myself talking a lot, why am I talking? I want to take that with me. Thanks. I'm Jeff. I'm a sexaholic. Um, so I get to go to a lot of meetings in Baltimore. We got like meetings every day of the week pretty much. And especially early on in my recovery, I'd be at a meeting every day. So, of course, I thought that, you know, gave me the right to be the meeting police, you know, like I'm doing this thing. So I get to, you know, I'm, I got to enforce the rules. And uh, you know, I guess gratefully I didn't, you know, enforce the rules on the outside. But I'd be thinking in my head, like, doesn't this person know you're supposed to show up on time? <clears throat> and who's going to tell him? You know, if I don't tell him, who will? And um, but, you know, in my recovery, there's been a lot of people who've spoken truth into my life who've called me out on things or given me feedback in a loving way. And, um, you know, so a lot of times in a meeting, I'll think, all right, how am I going to help Billy over here? You know, and I'm minding his business and I don't know. So sometimes I think there is a place for me to stop thinking about Jeff for just a few minutes and maybe be helpful to somebody else. But I sure can get on a roll, you know, preaching a sermon to somebody about how they need to work my program of recovery. So I guess recovery is coming slow for me, and every now and again I get to say something useful to somebody and, you know, in a loving way after building a relationship with them. Um, but that's only possible if I maintain my spiritual condition. Because um, I sure do love to get lost in fantasy about how great I am. So, anyway, good to be here with you all. Thanks. Thank Jay, a sexaholic, I'll be real quick. Somebody once said to me, people do things for their own reasons, and virtually 100% of it has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Anyone else? Hasn't had a chance yet. Okay. Why don't I invite you two guys up again? Yeah, Dwayne, another sexaholic. Um, in the context of uh, meeting attendance, um, 
I think that meetings should run as what I'm used to. And when I travel out of the area uh, and attend a meeting like I did a couple weeks ago out of state, um, the meeting format was foreign to me, mm-hmm. except for the literature. Uh, other than that, I... So I had, I had to go through a process of uh, moving from uh, judging, uh, thinking less of, uh, to realizing that, hey, just, just, just listen. What does, what does God have for me through these members? And, uh, when I got to that place of being willing to, to receive, um, from others, um, the meet, the meeting took on, took on a meaning, um, so that's typical for me to go through that process of uh, getting out of other people's business and uh, and instead receiving from them. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Francis, recovering sexaholic. My part of the reason why I have struggled with this letting um, letting people mind their own business and me get out of it when issues come up of change or that and then I have this fear that if it changes I'm going to lose something that I really hold precious or important right? so I have a difficult time with that change and so I do like uh, the meeting format when it, it does say, um, you know, no crosstalk, please. Someone feels though that part, but no crosstalk, that they say what they say, right? And I don't have to write it, jump in, give them the answer. That's their business. They're sharing. And I don't, don't respond right then and there. I can talk to them afterwards. I had a good example of this when I've, I got into the program in, in 1989 and my first sponsor, had done, he had done a lot of work on himself already, gone for therapy, and, but he'd also gone to the conference in Salt Lake City and had tapes from there, which in those days, if you had eight, eight tapes from a conference, you had a lot of tapes. <laughs> so there was one fellow was sharing though, and he was so angry in this sharing. And in the end, he just said, I wish I could kill God in there. I said, I don't know, I'm take this mic and, Everybody just quite thanks for sharing. I thought, you know, we do that, and it sounds a little trite, and yet, yeah, thanks for sharing. And I'm not going to do anything with your sharing. That's that's your sharing. That's your business. But and thanks for sharing. You know, letting me hear it. What happens afterwards? So those couple things I have to keep minding the the, the opinion of the individual. Thank you for your sharing. Um, no crosstalk. All these guidelines to help me. Stay on my side of the street and look across at yours, but I'm doing mine. So thanks. Thank you. Thanks for asking. Hey, group. I'm Nick. I'm a sexaholic from Milwaukee. Minding your own business. Um, From what I've heard from a lot of others already, I don't do that very well. Just because um, 
again, this this goes back to self-examination. You know, for me, because I'm so self-centered, um, I think I have all the answers. And I think that everyone, of course, wants to know them. Um, and that has worked much to my detriment um, because it gets me caught up in a web of being trapped um, by other people's opinions. And I think, um, and then I don't know the truth about myself. Um, and then that, and that almost at times it leaves me paralyzed. So I've found that, or in the past that, that happens, it happened, hasn't happened lately, but, uh, one of my wise sponsors told me, I think you're doing that, Nick, because, you know, you're going to so many different people because you don't want to make the decision yourself. Um, you just you just don't want to be responsible, and I mean that really struck a chord with me. And when I'm, you know, trying to rely on what others think of me, um, again, there's no truth there. And um, one of my good friends up in Milwaukee had a great quote from the. Uh, um, uh, from the uh, humorist Will Rogers, and this plays really well with, um, you know, minding my own business. And it's this, and it's great. Never miss a good opportunity to shut up. <laughs> so with that, I'll pass. <laughs> All right. Okay. Anyone that just came in, you want to share or double dip? Okay. Yeah. We'll let you double dip. My name's Nancy. I'm still sexaholic. I just heard something very interesting. No crosstalk, please. And I was thinking of that in terms of my my relationships outside of a meeting. How often I'm, you know, what am I going to say in response? Or I want to interrupt. No crosstalk, please. That's a challenge. Yes. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, I'm going to double dip then. <laughs> I am Dennis. I am a sexaholic. I'm glad to be here today. Um, I, too, have had that opportunity to go to other states. I'm doing vacation. I always try. I'd say I'll try. Okay, I don't always do it. But I look up where the meetings might be. And if I make a contact with a person, then it's helped me a lot to say, okay, I'll meet you at this meeting. And I go into meetings, and they're not like my normal meetings. They do things differently. How dare they be different? But this tradition says we have that opportunity to be different. We can do it our way uh, as long as we're not affecting other people. Um I've seen times when uh, a couple people get on a certain thing in a meeting and it's like, this has nothing to do with what our reading was or our topic. Um, it's almost like I want to grab them and say, just sit down. It's not relevant. But you know what? That's not my place, is it? I have to again say, thank you for your share. <laughs> and no crosstalk. But uh, with that... We learn to be stronger. And I found out that 
If I have opinion, strong opinion of things, I have an opportunity to bring that to my group, first of all. I can bring it to the intergroup. I can bring it to my region, my delegates, trustees. There are opportunities to bring the message on further. I've seen things uh, get to the delegate level, and they they discuss it, and they come back and say, no, we're not going to do it. Okay, they have the right to do that because they have a bigger picture than I have. I have this little narrow window I'm looking through, and it's pretty dirty. Okay, that's just where I'm coming from. It's pretty dirty, and it's tainted, tinted, and I see it a certain way. But that's not necessarily right. But my, my uh, experience has said, if I want to do things to help the organization grow, to help uh, my group grow, then I have to do service in that. So I'm I'm working at a regional level myself, also working on uh, international correctional facilities, and I found these are things that work for me. And I'm able to give some opinions, but I'm also able to set back and say, that's not the consensus of the group. Okay. And that helps everybody. But we have one purpose of being here, and we're all struggling sex addiction people, and we're trying to get better. And uh, hopefully we're making a better connection with God every day, and I, I'm saying that for myself. Okay? That's all I want to share. Anybody else? Quickly. We've got about five minutes here. Okay. Seeing none, we'll go to the end here. Anything you heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. Let's all stand and we will do the, how about we do the, yeah, let's do the seventh step prayer, just to be different. And I'm going to sit here so we get it on microphone, okay? Let's join hands and do that. Seventh step prayer. My Creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Keep coming back. It works if you work it, and you're worth it, so work it. All righty. Thank you, everyone. Is that your uh, 12 and 12? What's that? That's your 12 and 12? Yes. Would you mind? I've only got my computer here. And you can. Do you at lunch? Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. No problem. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you were involved with 
picking out the topics and stuff? Yeah, part of it is the, That's great. the committee that well, put this all together. You. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Because otherwise it doesn't get done. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Lawrence's work on He has really gotten all yeah. the he got everybody. This, he put all this together, yeah. which is beautiful. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. great.
and light can come out. And sometimes new things can go in. And so that God keeps growing. And God is expanding now. I just recognize that God is light and God is everything. And when I when I meet something, and I feel that God's trying that you know, I I just got to learn about this. Yeah. We just came out of the microphone. Yeah. From, um, so you need to get yeah. Yeah. You know, what we going to You know, how, how are we going to be as spiritual beings? You know, and, and, and so I just accept that that is my purpose, is to learn from you. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.